Hello, welcome to Learning to Pray the Catholic Way, the podcast prayer companion that guides listeners through meditations in order to grow closer to the most sacred heart of Jesus. I'm your host, Chase Krauss, and this is a St. Teresa Catholic Church podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us for Learning to Pray the Catholic Way. Very excited for today's episode. I'm going to actually start today's episode with an excerpt from a book called Searching for and Maintaining Peace. It's a fantastic book. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's by Father Jacques Philippe. Um, I really, really recommend uh, this this book for anybody, um, anybody in the spiritual journey, but in particular anybody uh, who's really struggling to um, find peace in their hearts right now. So I invite you... If you're not already, find yourself in a comfortable position where you can open your heart and your mind to the Holy Spirit. If you're in your car, make sure there's no other distractions. Hopefully, if you're at your house, make sure you're somewhere where you can think without being too distracted. If you're in a chapel, that's great. Let's take a moment to quiet our hearts, and then I'm going to read from this excerpt. Before we dive in, in order to understand how fundamental it is for the development of the Christian life to strive to acquire and maintain peace of heart, the first thing of which we must be convinced is that all the good that we can do comes from God and from Him alone. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says in John 15, 5. He did not say, you can't do much, but you can do nothing. It is essential that we be persuaded of this truth. We often have to experience failures, trials, and humiliations permitted by God, before this truth imposes itself on us, not only on the intellectual level, but as an experience of our entire being. God would spare us if he could all these trials, but they are necessary in order that we should be convinced of our complete powerlessness to do good by ourselves. According to the testimony of all the saints, it is indispensable for us to acquire this knowledge. It is, in effect, a necessary prelude to all the great things that God will do in us by the power of His grace. This is why St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, would say that the best thing that God could have done in her soul was to have shown her her smallness, her powerlessness. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So words from John 15.5. Before we dive into our prayer, just take a moment. What are you holding on to right now? What do you refuse to let God help with? Just take a moment. Maybe it's something you've struggled with for a long time. Maybe it's a recent thing. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. to our Jesus prayer. So as we inhale, we pray, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. And as we exhale, we say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Spirit. Amen. We now turn all of our thoughts and energy towards God, who is all good. And we'll take this next minute or so to spend in praise and thanksgiving, thanking God for all his goodness and all his blessings in your life, acknowledging him for who he is. He is good. He is holy. He is righteous. He is the root of Jesse, the star that leads the way to the Father. Just give this moment. Praise and thank God for everything you can think of in your life. the podcast during this time to spend more time in this praise and thanksgiving please feel free we're now going to turn our attention to the responsorial psalm of today it's psalm 106 verse 19 through 20 21 through 22 and 23 remember us O lord as you favor your people Our fathers made a calf in Horeb and adored a molten image. They exchanged their glory for the image of a grass-eating bullock. 
Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great deeds in Egypt, wondrous deeds in the land of Ham, terrible things at the Red Sea. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. Then he spoke of exterminating them, but Moses, his chosen one, withstood him in the breach to turn back his destructive wrath. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. I think a lot of the times when we read the Old Testament, we think these kinds of stories of Israelites made a golden calf and worshiped him. And we're just like, man, what the heck? These guys are so dumb. Like, why would they do that? Even thinking of Adam and Eve, like, why couldn't they just, you know, not eat the fruit? But one of the things I think that we miss, something that uh, St. John calls uh, the threefold lust. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The story of the golden calf, which we didn't read directly, but we meditated upon it briefly with this responsorial psalm. We have to think about the situation. What did the golden calf symbolize, and what did they do while they worshipped it? How did they worship it when Moses was gone up the mountain? Well, first off, the bull was an Egyptian god who represented power. These bulls are, you know, if you're stood by a bull, it's a big, powerful animal. So the bull represented power, the ability to control one's life and one's situation, which the Israelites desperately wanted to do. And it was made of gold. This is more obvious, but the goal symbolized the wealth that the Israelites were craving at the time. They didn't want to be traveling. They wanted wanted homes. They wanted money. They wanted comfort. Comfort that a lot of times money can buy. And lastly, we have to think about how they worshipped. That's what most people don't think of. In Exodus, it says... After Aaron built the golden calf and made the altar, the Israelites rose to play. So in, in most pagan cultures and religions, they worshipped gods um, by having sexual relations. That's why there were some such things called temple prostitutes. So when the Israelites worshipped the golden calf, they made one of the biggest sins that we know of, right? They lusted after one another in order to worship this false god. It's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The threefold lust. And we have to think of ourselves. Why do we sin? 99% of the time, it's one of those three things. We desire power and control. And when we don't get it, we get angry and we lash out with words or actions. 
we desire money so that way we can have comfort and we can look good. And when we don't get all the money we want or it doesn't go the exactly way we want it to be, we react negatively, we, we use people instead of love them, we come home in a bad mood maybe. And lastly, the temptations to, to the lust of the flesh. And this isn't just you know, the obvious sexual activity outside of marriage, but also you know, even overeating, overdrinking, getting drunk, indulging those disordered fleshly passions to fill a hole that only Christ can satisfy. So we'll take a moment now with this threefold lust, which one are you particularly struggling with right now? Maybe it's not like mortal sin, but all of our sins kind of stem from one of these three things. Where do you need, where do you need to invite the Holy Spirit right now in your heart, in your mind? Let's take a moment to invite the Holy Spirit in to heal our hearts, and if necessary, beg for forgiveness. And if there's nothing weighing on your conscience, then turn back to praise and thanksgiving. It takes more grace to save somebody from falling than to pick them back up again. St. Teresa Lazou says about herself compared to Mary Magdalene. So let's take a moment now. If you need to pause the podcast, please do so at this time. But we're going to end by dedicating the rest of our day to whoever in our life is in particular need of grace. Maybe somebody you know who's sick or hurting. Just take a brief moment. Think of this person. And then we'll end with a prayer of dedication and thanksgiving. Lord, I dedicate this day, the remainder of this day, for whoever it is that I hold in my heart. I ask that all the good that I do this day, all the merit, that that grace may be poured into their hearts and their lives and their families. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. We worship you, we love you, we adore you. Guide us. Help us to love you above all things. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Thank you again for joining us and learning to pray the Catholic way. Please continue to keep everybody in your thoughts and in your prayers during this time of shelter in place. Please be assured of our prayers for you and your family during this time. We'll see you next time on Learning to Pray the Catholic Way. God bless.